some final spring training thoughts. Travis Swaggerty is option. We'll talk about that and why the roster decisions being made by the Pittsburgh Pirates are a good thing. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, and to my right, as always, every Monday and will be throughout the entire year is Gary Morgan. Gary, how are you after uh, a wonderful weekend? And it also in, uh, included the Jaggy Awards. <laughs> well, the Jaggies were great. I mean, second year running now that Jim's run that, and yep. good stuff. Check it out. Jim Stam did the Jaggies last night, and... Named the 10 worst Pittsburgh sports accounts there are, and I think most of them are pretty undisputed. Oh, yeah, and uh, I was not on there. Gary was not on there, so you came to the right place if you're listening here. And uh, on a much, much more positive and relevant note, opening day is four days away. Um, Pirates baseball is right here, ready to go. Obviously, you guys have told you all the content that you're going to have coming your way. You'll see it on the bottom of the screen as well. Uh, I have a lot going on this week. We have Gary today. We have Locked on Reds at some point, Locked on NL Central. We got Craig on Thursday. And you guys are going to find out something that me and uh, Stephen Offenbaker over at Locked on Reds are doing as an opening day bet that the Pirates lose. You're not going to like too much. But spring training at this point. Let's just say it's done. I mean, there's like one more game left, I think. But at that point, what does it really matter? What this team is going to do and what they've done roster-wise has pretty much already been set in stone with Travis Swaggerty, who we're going to talk about later, Chris Owings, all the whole nine yards. We've seen all that stuff on our timelines already. But I wanted to ask you some thoughts about spring training as like your final thoughts on spring training as it's kind of closing that door of, as we mentioned, like I believe two weeks ago, the first full spring training in almost three years, maybe yeah. longer than that. I um, mean, first full spring training, first real spring of competition where there was actual battles. Yeah. I mean, you know, where you weren't worried about Phil Evans maybe making it and somehow turning into something. I mean, this was, you know, real prospects fighting for real spots and you can argue about whether they had a legitimate shot or not, mm-hmm. but it, still, I mean, you get, you got to see the depth on display. You get to see a lot of what's going to be in triple a. I thought spring training was really interesting this year. Yes, it was. And triple a, by the way, I implore everyone. I believe if you get MLB TV, I think they're including MILB TV in your package this year, or there is a package that you can get for it. If you can watch the Indianapolis Indians play, watch them. Like if, if the Pirates are on an off day and Indy's playing, watch that team because there are going to be a lot of players on that team that could eventually come up here. One that I found very interesting was um, they already announced, by the way, that Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis were going to be AAA, AA, as I already expected. They announced that a lot of other guys were going to be there too. But you mentioned the depth as well. 
And I think when we talk about that, a lot of people are thinking, oh, death, great thing, great thing. It is a great thing. But let's also remind everyone that the deepness in the system is still unknowns. There are known commodities there, but there are still some unknowns that they're going to have to eventually figure out and weed out. But as we always say, that's going to play itself out the way it's supposed to. Now, going into the season, obviously there are some players that are not here that some people wish were here. Uh, Andy Rodriguez obviously is the biggest one from what I've seen is a lot of people wanted them here day one. I get it. It's the same story every year with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're going to do it next year with Henry Davis. They're going to do it the year after with whoever's ready to come up after that. And after that, and after that, they'll do it with Termar Johnson in like three years. It's going to happen. But the big question I have, I guess, now that we've had the first full spring training of competition and all this good stuff, do you think that that's going to have a positive effect on how this team starts the year especially this week going just straight into opening day. I mean, I think it should have people understanding that there's someone running up their back. Yeah. That that's always a good thing. Pressure in baseball. You know, when you feel like there's nobody coming up behind you, I mean, you may you may not think the same way as you do when when like you you know for a fact like hey, I beat this guy out, but it was spring. And how long are they going to give me up here to struggle before they, they make a decision in the opposite direction? You know, Let's say Kanan Smith and Jigba actually gets a roster spot, which I don't think is defined quite yet. Mm-hmm. He gets a roster spot. Well, it would be directly over Travis Swaggerty. So, you know, if he comes up and he stinks in April, well, you know, let's not forget that Travis Swaggerty almost beat you. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of that that's going to play out. Now, some of the veterans, like, are they scared? Is Carlos Santana going, geez, I better hurry up. That Nunez guy looked really good. I probably not. Is Austin Hedges afraid? No, but they know that, that there's depth coming and they know there's depth available. The pitching staff, Vince Velasquez, somebody that, you know, he has to know. I I got to throw the ball as if yeah. my career lives on it. Because if not, I'm going to the bullpen and I know that one of that giant group of starters is coming up here to take my job. JT Brubaker. Maybe stop having that one blow up inning every game. You know, like there, there's going to be some guys that, Things that we've like turned a blind eye to before because we didn't have options. Well, you have options now. Yeah. And I agree. And one thing that I hope that this helps with is I hope that we don't get the or the uh, the lineups constructed weeks in advance. I think that'll stop at this point now because there's going to be a lot of moving parts and a lot of changing because with what me and Gary are saying, this is just if the team was to stay 100% healthy and just be performance-based. Once injuries enter the fold, because injuries are a part of baseball, we're not going to act like they're not, that's going to make it even more interesting. Because then what happens if a guy, like you said, Vince Velasquez goes down with, like, who knows, like a broken pinky or something or like a messed up finger, and then Johan Oviedo comes up here and lights it up, why would they go back? 
it's one of the, I mean, we've seen that in baseball plenty of times where a guy goes down with an injury, a guy comes up, plays well, that guy never gets his job back. It just happens. Yeah. People get Wally pipped all the time. And I, I think that, I think that for the most part, the pirates are, I think frustratingly cautious with that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping this year there'll be a little bit of a difference built in there because they do have so many guys with options, you mm-hmm. know? So for instance, if Rodolfo Castro isn't getting it, it just, at some point that's what's going to happen. They, they love him from the right side as a hitter. They don't like him so much as from the left side as a hitter. If at some point it looks like that's just not happening, you know, and they may just let Bay take it over. And if Bay takes it over, then is Castro as valuable? I don't know. You know, they may want him to go down and get some at-bats. Yeah. So, but you have the options, so you're able to do things like that. If Jack Sawinski is going to continue to strike out the way he is, don't think it'll be that long before they, they make the call to, to Swaggerty or somebody like that. Yeah, and it's going to be fun, especially here on this podcast, too, doing this every day. I mean, it's going to be fun just seeing how this all plays out. And if you want to play out the way that things uh, work in a baseball franchise, make sure you go to Pro Baseball GM. You get a 100% free boost when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So download the app or go to ProBaseballGM.com. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through tough uh, tough and difficult personalities and injuries, and navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. By the way, I have a lot of fun with it. The farthest I've got is 15 seasons out of 25 seasons, and that was without signing a free agent ever. So I was very happy with that. Uh, but it's a very difficult experience, but it's a very fun experience, and you can play it offline. Go walk to Point Park or something and literally just turn your phone on and play it. It's very fun, and you don't need an internet connection to do it. So Locked On Pirates listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store, so make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code on here or on the website, or look it up on the app stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Yeah, I mean, you could even name your guy Ben Charrington if you wanted to. Go for it. I, I honestly <laughs> I honestly also, before we get into the Travis Swaggery stuff, I'm sure a lot of people did see his um, his comments that he made recently. And I did kind of like what he was saying. Obviously, general managers are always very vague, and you have to kind of read between the lines on what they're saying here. But I think you could actually tell, like, mannerism-wise, like when I was watching it, I was like, he actually does kind of look kind of ticked off after two 100-loss seasons. Like, he, he was, like, kind of showing that kind of annoyedness I guess if that's the right word, like he did actually look like he's wanting to see this team take a step forward. And I, I really do think they will. I mean, as I mentioned uh, before we started, I did my prediction show on Friday with this beautiful new mic that everybody seems to love. Um, (laughs) And I said that we were going to go 74 and 88, but I also said that there's a real world where some pieces fall in place. They could flirt with 500. And one of those pieces, as we've already talked about earlier, was Travis Swaggerty. I mean, the kid played lights out in spring for the most part, and he's not even on the roster. That should mean a lot to people. 
It should. Um, I mean, I think most people kind of just focus on the decision in the moment. You know, um, they tend to get mad that a guy's not starting here right away, and 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 instead of focusing on the fact that he's still in the system, he's still right there, very likely going to play here this year. Most rookies don't play an entire season when they start. There's always some kind of a delay to it, whether you're manipulating or not. Um, unless you're the Cardinals, of course. Jordan yeah, Walker's Jordan coming Walker. right up. I was just going to say that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals aren't making this any easier on this take for Pirates fans to be okay with this when the Cardinals are bringing Jordan Walker up from Double A. <laughs> well, I think first, if you're using Jordan Walker to make a Travis Swaggerty argument, you're you're making a huge error to begin Way with. Off. But you know, I, on in all sincerity, I, to me, it was it was very close to a 50-50 decision on on Swaggerty, I would imagine. And I do think that they really want to show some record improvement this year. And if, if that's the case, hey, I mean, I'm a fan of this team. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to default to Ben Sherrington on some of those decisions that even I can't make a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. I like Kanan Smith and Jigba a lot. Yeah. I think he he's somebody I want to see. I want to see Travis Swaggerty too. I can't say that I felt that way at the beginning of the spring training. No. You know, so it wasn't completely invaluable what he did. He took himself from the afterthought list to first call-up territory for me. That's what I want. And I want them to make hard decisions. But I also know, like, you don't bring in all those free agents and then make poor decisions on purpose just so yeah. that you can not win. I mean, they, they want a better record this year. Very yeah. clear. They may not get it, but they want it. Well, uh, and that's where I've also said, I really feel like this is almost like a make or break part of this rebuild at this point this year, mainly because record wise, I don't know. Not only as fans, we don't really no offense, but we really don't matter in that grand scheme. Like, cool we lost 100 games back-to-back years the travis williams agrees with you entirely yeah i mean yeah of course he does I mean, <laughs> fans surprise. don't matter and neither and, but, do wins and losses to him apparently not but in this sense if they were to lose 95 games this year i think that would be a problem like that that would be like okay i even think if they lose 90 games that's a problem but 72 and 90, that's also a 10-game improvement from what we saw last year. 10 games is a lot. I could talk myself into that. But, like, anything below that, like, it's kind of getting into that territory where you look at guys a different way. It's like, okay, where are we going with this at this point? Is this it, going to amount to anything, or are we just sitting it wouldn't here? Change my mind. It wouldn't change my mind as to, like, how far they could go in 2024. Yeah. But it, it changes my mind as far as basically what they see as quality talent. Because I know they thought they did a good job patching holes this year. And they may have. We haven't really gotten to see it yet. No. But if they're wrong, then, you know, that sucks. Because they're going to have to eventually patch holes at some point with free agent talent. And if they're not good at it, well, that's not a great thing. No. Um, I do think this year for me in lieu of record only 
because I, I'm with you. I think I could talk myself into 10 games being enough of an improvement that I'm semi-happy at least, right? Yeah. But in lieu of that, I need to see some of the young talent make its way up here and start to get a foothold during 2023. And I don't mean like in September. I don't mean after the trade deadline. I mean like as the year progresses, I want to start seeing those guys make their way up here, get a foothold, get themselves entrenched so that I'm not having the same conversations about them come 2024 spring. Yeah. And also, I think the biggest thing, too, that goes back to the record is I think a lot of people, including myself, would also want the Pirates to win 70-plus games, and it be because of O'Neal Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, Rodolfo Castro, Andy Rodriguez, Mitch Keller, like guys that are actually going to be here for a pretty long time. If the Pirates win 75 78 games and it's because rich hill has like a 2.5 era it's like okay great this is awesome but how do you replace them next year like who's replacing them next year and also by then who knows what's going on with all that we're not going to go that far and thinking about trade deadline stuff but going back to my point i think it would be okay like let's say they do get to that 10 win improvement and everything is like how it is 70 and 92 but they made those improvements based off of how these young guys did rather than Carlos Santana hitting like 25 home runs or something. And that's why they did it. I think that would feel a lot better to pirates fans to know, okay, these young guys were arguably the biggest reason as to why we won this many games, not because Vince Velasquez and Rich Hill and a bunch of these plugins all did great things, but not enough to push them over the edge. In an ideal world, yes, but I take the wins no matter how they come. I mean, yes, obviously. So will um, I. But I, I think uh, ideally, yeah, you, you want Mitch Keller to, to drive the rotation. You know, you want you want Rowanzi Contreras to step up and without a leash on him this year and show what he can be. You really would ideally like one or two of the starters that are in reserve to find their way up here. You know, I, I think that that's probably the best recipe for 2023 or 2024 looking a hell of a lot better than 2023 even is getting their feet wet so that you're not coming to spring worried about that rotation makeup. Yeah. And I, I agree. And that's something that I think they're getting to finally. And that's one thing too, that I also, I remember a tweet of mine that actually kind of like got a little bit of traction uh, last week where I said, when you look at the improvements that this roster has made, let's just backtrack. It is March 27th when this episode goes live. Let's backtrack to October when the season ended. There was a real argument people for Miguel Andujar to be stamped on the 26-man roster four months ago. He is yeah. now not even probably going to even have a 10-foot pole reach to make the team this year, pending injury and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's where I say the improvements that this team has made via free agency, via development. I won't lie. The development has been pretty damn good from what I've seen so far in terms of certain aspects, like 
Luis Ortiz last year. I won't even lie to you. I didn't even know who Luis Ortiz was at the beginning of last year. Now he's one of the best pitchers in the system. So this team is improved by leaps and bounds, and I think that it needs to be recognized by the on-field product. Yeah, I, really I think it has. I think I think they've moved forward. They've moved the ball forward. They've definitely taken a step forward as far as development goes. Ben Charrington even just said in the telecast the other day, um, you know, it's really about the depth they're building in AAA and seeing those guys, like, rise up and start pushing. That's what he wanted to see. That's what he is seeing. Um, I think an argument could be made that they maybe brought in a couple too many um, stops, yeah. you know, a couple too many blocks. But I think uh, it'll make sense as the season plays out, especially when you're looking at, you know, first base. You know, I, I see a lot of people have been talking about wanting to cut Choi. And I understand why that came up because of the role change and, you know, Jason Mackey suggesting, you know, that it could be done and Ethan Houlihan, you know, like everybody like coming out with the new role and here it is. Poor idea. I mean, Carlos Santana's 37 years old. You can't expect him to play 150 games in, at no. first base. You don't really want Connor Joe having to go over there. You could, but you don't really want it, right? So Choi is to me is a is a perfect guy to have with Santana. And it's okay if one of them sits on the bench. It really yeah. is. Look at Choi's career. Look at what he did in Tampa. He sat on the bench quite a bit. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> it really will. Well, and I feel like the other layer to that, too, is also you look at the track record that Choi and the Pirates have had since he came here. I mean, you have the arbitration stuff. You then have the WBC thing. And there was a lot of there's been a lot of stuff that's happened to G-Man Choi since he's been in Pittsburgh. But obviously, it's all been hashed out at this point. He's going to be on the opening day roster. I want him over there at first base defensively. I think he's like phenomenal defensively over there for what we need. And it's been a while since we've had a good defensive first baseman, and that's something that I think the Pirates need to hold on to. And honestly, sometimes, guys, especially after the Jaggies last night, especially after, you know, sometimes the Pirates make me a little tired. You need a Bilt Bar. And guess what? Bilt Bar's March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar and puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to Bilt Bar Madness dot com to vote for your favorites i don't know which one i'm voting for i haven't like really had a built bar in like a week uh i had a bunch of them on st patrick's day uh the cookies and cream kind so i'll, I'll vote for cookies and cream and if you want the pirates to win then you'll be voting for that bar to support your team support your bar or puff and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built bars not only that but one locked on fan gary this would be good for you uh will win a 12 month subscription to built.com to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door gary you don't have to have to get up you just order it right off the computer so you got to try built built the best protein bar ever seriously they're so amazing you won't even think they're good for you and of course don't forget to go to built.com right now to go take care of that go to builtmadnessbracket.com go get some free stuff they're phenomenal just do it they're great 
I so, would have to say the cookies and cream are my favorite too. So, oh yeah, they're freaking great, dude. The yeah. only the only complaint that I've ever had somebody tell me is that they were too chewy, and I said, "Show me a protein bar that isn't chewy." See, I like them that way. You got you, you want it to take a while to eat them. You know, like that's what makes yeah. them satisfying. <laughs> yes, very. And uh, what else is satisfying again is that we have um, baseball this week. And I came up with a fun idea for Gary this year because I know that we were doing uh, our predictions for the week last year in between Mondays. And we're going to actually keep score this year. Um, Obviously, I'm not going back through the entire season last year to try to figure out who won. But I would have guessed that Gary was probably more right than not half the time because I was like super optimistic about how weeks would go against like st louis and milwaukee and they would go like two and five i was like oh they'll go four and three this week um but obviously this week it would just be to kick things off i believe it would just be the red series because it's thursday saturday and sunday i believe because they have that day off after because of cincinnati weather obviously i'm kidding it's not cincinnati weather they just always have that day off after um so that would be three games, Gary. And I, I know it's still a couple of days away, but we know the opening day pitching matchup, Hunter Green and Mitch Keller. What are we what are we thinking as far as how this opening series could go for Pittsburgh and since or against Cincinnati? Uh I think they'll they'll take two or three here. I, I think we'll go two and three. I I, I think Mitch Keller going right away and Rowanzi probably I don't know they haven't really laid out exactly where they're going to head with the rotation quite yet but I would assume Rowanzi would be the second maybe Brubaker um I don't know the, I don't know where you'd stick Rich Hill maybe third yeah we'll see what they do either way we know Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo yeah I see that are, and then are gonna go su- and then Sunday is just like I don't even Maybe Graham Ashcraft. Probably. Yeah, maybe. I got to figure the Pirates can can get to two of those guys. And offensively, I don't really fear the Reds at all. That doesn't no. mean that the Reds couldn't lay eighteen on the Pirates. <laughs> I'm they've just saying before they've done it before, and anything's possible in that ballpark. Um, but I think they'll win two or three here. I would. Uh, so how do we do this if we agree? Then we agree. It's a running total all year, man. Oh we yeah. Have, so that yeah. yeah. So that I guess we just both get a point there, or zero points depending on how it goes. So I guess it's uh, time now for everybody to know this. Uh, I'll let you know it now. Uh, you're saying two of three. Well, let's just hope that loss isn't on opening day. Uh, you guys are going to see a crossover later this week with Locked On Reds, where this will also be talked about. That uh, myself and Stephen Offenbaker are having a opening day bet. If the Pirates win, he has to do an entire episode in Pirates gear. You already hear where this is going. If the Reds win, your favorite host of the Locked On Pirates podcast will have to do a show the following week in Red Stuff. I could see my subscriber count going away so fast. (laughs) I I could see it as soon as people tune into this show. And get on YouTube. If you want to, honestly, I'll let you guys know what episode it is. And you can just listen to the audio. That'll be my lowest viewed YouTube video (laughs) of all time. 
take a, I just listen to the audio on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Great lead in there too. But I think two of three is reasonable. Um, it's the start of the season. If this series was like, like once we have another series against Cincinnati, like way down the line and things are hopefully going peachy, I would predict a sweep. But since it's the opening series of the year, you never know what's really going to happen on opening day. You never really know what's going to happen in this first series. I mean, for all I know, the athletics could beat the angels in their first series. I mean, I mean it, the it key, happens all the time. The key to beating the reds is getting past their starter. If you can get past their starter and you're still in the game, you're going to win because they don't have a bullpen. No. So, I mean, that that to me is the key. And they don't have the offense to catch up. So if you do get to the starter early, then chances are you're probably going to pull it out. The Reds' path to victory is a hell of a lot more narrow than even the Pirates at this point. Um, Yeah. And, And how this first series goes does not dictate where they're going to land in the standings all year. I should remind people because should they end up losing two of three to the Reds, it's not going to mean that they're in the basement all season. No. No. And, I mean, you look at, obviously, next week when we have you on, we'll talk about the series at length because it'll be over. Uh, We'll talk about the week ahead. We'll talk about all that stuff. But I also, guys, I don't know what orders things are coming out this week because – the NL, we have the NL Central uh, preview coming out. That was recorded uh, last week. I just am waiting for the file. It'll come out when it comes out. The Locked on Reds show will come out probably Wednesday. And then the one given here is Craig will be on on Thursday. That's the one given. And then Friday we'll recap opening day, take a look at the weekend, all that stuff. It's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun time here at Locked on Pirates. I get to do this with you guys all the way up through November. So, Gary will be here every Monday, but Gary, what do you have going on for opening day this week other than the obvious five thoughts at five? Yeah, five thoughts at five on Monday. Uh, Wednesday, Craig and I will do our combination um, season preview um, that, that comes out on Inside the Bucks Basement. We do this one together every year. It's a tradition. This is the fourth year in a row we've done it. Um, kind of just give you a lay of the land, who made the team, who didn't make the team, what we expect from people, what we expect from the team itself, guesses and predictions, things like that, first call-ups, all kinds of things that we cover in that. Um, that'll come out on Wednesday. Everything else that week is normal. Yep. So. And I will be writing the game recap over at Buck's Basement on Thursday after that game is done. It'll come out immediately after the game is over. So we're going to enjoy that. And I'm going to also have a locked on now after that YouTube shorts are going to be a part of this as well. And one last thing before I shut it off today on March 31st, which I believe is Friday, uh, the podcast will culminate with a moment of silence for my blue check mark because I'm not paying $8 for Twitter blue to keep a blue check mark. All right. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Locked On Pirates podcast. That's Gary Morgan. I'm Ethan Smith. We will see you guys on the flip side.